Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. So we are in Advent. We've been spending some time remembering this reality that Jesus came once and he did not come in the form or fashion that everybody was expecting. And can I tell you, Jesus is coming again and he's not coming in the form and fashion that everybody's expecting. Oftentimes we, we think we've got this Bible thing figured out. We know what end times are going to look like and we can line up all the stars and all of these things. And, and please don't get me wrong, there's lots of things in Scripture that point us in that direction. But can I just tell you, Jesus is going to come back when the Father says it's time to go. And in that moment, it's going to be more spectacular, breathtaking. It's going to be the most amazing moment that we could ever even imagine in our lives and and then some on that. And what Jesus really invited us into was this place of being a people that lived in the present here and now on earth and the physical brokenness that surrounds us, but with a mindset that was different than the world that we live in. We've been talking about this for some time. What does it mean to be kingdom people? What does it mean to have kingdom culture? What does it mean to be on kingdom mission? And this series, we're talking about what does it mean for the kingdom to come? And we know that it came in the person of Jesus Christ, but can I also tell you that the kingdom of God is here and now? Right now. And there's some things that oftentimes we as believers maybe miss out on a little bit because we're looking forward to something down the road that Jesus already promised us for the now. And today I want to lead us into a place of of just being reminded of who this Jesus is and what was prophesied about him long before he ever showed up on this earth. Over 400 years, the prophet Isaiah uh, lived before Jesus came, and he gave us this amazing prophetic insight into the person of Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and 7. Many of you know this passage. You've heard it if you've been around any Christmas messages. But I want to remind you of what was spoken about the coming Messiah. And here's what it says. For a child is born to us and a son is given, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Listen to this. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice and the throne, on the throne of his ancestor David for all of eternity. Passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. I just want to remind you this morning, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. And it's not because I'm saying it. And it's not even maybe just because we read it in the Bible. It's because God spoke it and said it was going to happen. Jesus gave us the promise, I am returning. Jason did a phenomenal job last week of leading us into that place, right, where Jesus said, hey, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. That was not figuratively speaking. That was very intentional wordage that Jesus was using there to put hope into the hearts of those people and us peoples for us to look forward to this incredible thing that he, that he has for us. Jesus is a king. I want to just go back to Isaiah. Jesus is a king, and his rule will never end. Some of us are wondering right now, is Jesus still in control? Because if you look around, it looks a little crazy around us. I just want to take you back to God's word. He's still in control. 
and his kingdom, his rule, will never end. In fact, it goes on to say, and that rule, the rule that Jesus has, the authority of his kingdom and his power, it's a rule, it's a culture, and it's an environment of the kingdom, and it will be one of, what's the word there? Peace. Peace. Oftentimes when we think about this, we, we, we wrestle with the word peace because we get it mixed up with some of the, the words of peace that we have in our culture. But here, here's, here's what I want to remind you. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Jason said this last week. Peace of mind and heart. I could stop right there this morning and that could be good news to everyone in this room. Jesus is leaving us a gift. In other words, he left and he gave us a gift, you a gift, before the the wise men came and set things by his manger and all of that. Jesus was a gift that was given to this world. And from that platform, Jesus said, I'm giving you a gift. He goes on to this, say, peace of heart and mind. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Man, there's some clarity that some of us need on that this morning. There's a peace that you've been looking for, that we've been looking for, that our world looks for in the things of this world. And Jesus says very clearly, um, they can't give you this kind of peace. And then I love how Jesus finishes the statement out. So don't be troubled or afraid. If there was ever a prophetic word for our times, it's Jesus' words right there. Don't be troubled and don't be afraid. Well, Jesus, that's easy for you to say. You don't know the coronavirus. Jesus, that's easy for you to say. We can't get all the goods we need to make our country flourish. They're stuck in the port in Los Angeles. Jesus, that's easy for you to say. I got a doctor's diagnosis that says something different. Church, it's really easy for us to come on a Sunday morning and be like, yeah. But what Jesus wants to invite us into is an abiding peace, a gift that is with us constantly where we learn how to live out of a place where we are not troubled or afraid. Some of you may sit here today and say, well, I'm not afraid. Yeah, but you're probably troubled. If you look at the direction of our nation or you feel the tensions around us financially or you're experiencing whatever you're experiencing in your family, there's some trouble around us. Can I tell you, life will not be without trouble. Everybody's like, what in the world? I thought I was going to get encouraged this morning. You will. We're not done yet. But I want to encourage you with, you will have trouble. There's stuff that's hanging out around you right now that's just looking for an opportunity to mess your world up. And if you're looking for peace in this world, you will have all kinds of trouble. And that trouble will lead to fear. But if we learn to live in the kind of peace that Jesus gave us as a gift, then we get to experience something. And Trey was alluding to it this morning when we were in worship, where oftentimes when we get in worship, we get into these places and, and, and we, we, we almost dismiss the brokenness that's going on around us in our world. And I want to give you some clarity on why that is. The reason is, is because we get our eyes off of this level and we get them up here on this level. So we get our hearts moving from a place of the, the reality of the world that we live in into the reality of the kingdom of God and this space that God lives in. 
And it's an invitation from God to us to experience that in our life and relationship with him. But how many of you know it's a choice of your will? It's a choice to move from where we are and to get our gaze up on him. And this is part of what Jesus was was talking about here, that heavenly peace is an atmosphere that we live our lives in, and it's not affected by the storms that surround us day in and day out. Heavenly peace, kingdom peace, is this this gift that God has given us that resides on the inside. And we'll talk about the Holy Spirit here in a few minutes. But it's this gift that God has given to us on the inside of us for us to be able to go through the storms of life and yet still have peace in the moment. We saw it with Jesus and his disciples when they're hanging out in the water and all hell's breaking loose around them and Jesus is sleeping. The disciples are like, Jesus, Jesus, you got to wake up. We're going to die. And Jesus wakes up as the created son of God and goes, guys, chill out. These wind and waves, they, they submit to my name. And he just speaks the word and there's calm. Can I tell you, Jesus needs to be in some of our boats with everything that's going on around us in life and, and it's okay to wake him up. He's okay with that. Just don't be offended by the fact when he just looks at the storm of your life and just says, be still. You're like, wait a minute, we were praying, we were rowing, and we were doing everything that we could get through the storm. And Jesus said, yeah, I know, but I'm the Prince of Peace. And you're my kids. Let me show you my greatness. You see, it's these simple moments of life that Jesus invites us into to see the wonder of who he is. I want to take a moment and just talk about these words, peace, because oftentimes in our culture, we have definitions for words that differ from biblical definitions. And so what it does is it makes it really hard for us when we're processing scripture and trying to put it in the context of our culture. If I could really give you the best gift I could give you today, never try to interpret scripture into our culture. Always take scripture and let it be the the blueprint for how you interpret your life and culture, right? It's got to be the filter. Because if not, then it'll just confuse you. It'll frustrate you. The words of Jesus will drive you crazy if you're trying to look at it through the lens of our culture. But the words of Jesus will make complete sense to you if you look at them through a kingdom mindset. And that's what Jesus was teaching his disciples to do. Can I just tell you, that's what we've been doing. We've just been teaching ourselves how to think in a kingdom mindset. All right? So the word peace out of Webster's, is defined this. It's a state of tranquility or quiet. For those of you that are parents, you've never, you haven't experienced that for years. Goes on to say, freedom from civil disturbances, a state of security or order within a community provided by law and or customs, freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions, and harmony in, a pers- in personal relationships. That's the Webster's definition of this word, peace. Now, the Bible has some really key terms in this space as well. So I want to present those to you today as we talk about this word, peace, as Jesus being the Prince of Peace. In the Greek and in the Hebrew, there's two distinct words that are typically used in this space. And you can see them up on the screen right now. In the Old Testament, we see this word shalom. It's actually a word that's used pretty frequently throughout the Old Testament. And it means to be safe in mind, body, and estate. And it means to be complete or whole. 
It's interesting because most of us would not think of the word peace and the definition of it being to be complete and whole. But that's the scriptural definition of it. In the New Testament here, we see that the word irene, and it means one, peace, quietness, and rest. The root word, ero, here, means to join or tie together into a whole. This is the word that we see both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, speaking of the peace that comes in the kingdom of God. A peace that not only does helps you when it comes to your mind, your body, and your state, but really what it's talking about is a peace, a wholeness that God wants to bring to your life in every space of your life. A peace that is not disturbed by all the things that are going on around it. Whatever definition you choose to describe peace, can I just tell you this? It's in short supply in our day and age. Real peace, the kind of peace that we're, we're seeing defined by Scripture up here, it, it is in short order in the world that we're living in today. And can I also tell you this, that all hell is breaking loose to steal whatever kind of peace you are trying to experience. There's a reality of the world that we're in that, that peace is supposed to be one, if you think about it from a kingdom standpoint, if you think about what Jesus is saying, his rule and his reign will be defined by peace. And that's not, hey, let's give each other hugs and feel better about our circumstances. No, it's the kind of peace that permeates every part of our life. The way that we think, our emotional state, how we interact with one another. It's this whole picture of peace that Jesus was wanting to give us in our lives. And this is what Jesus is saying. Hey, listen, this is going to be one of the distinguishing factors of the culture of my kingdom. It will be a kingdom of peace. So let me present it to you this way. As followers of Jesus, they're a part of his kingdom, part of the culture that should distinguish us from the world that surrounds us is this culture of peace. Something on the inside of you that when everybody else around you is going cuckoo machu, you're able to just be calm. Something that inside of you that when, when you see other people reading the news and losing their ever-loving mind, that you can just be at complete calm. Something that when somebody comes to you and their, their family's falling apart, not that you can't empathize with them, but that you can be in a place that brings peace to that moment instead of chaos for them. I worked for almost 18 years as a paramedic, and one of the, one of the key things that we said when we went on scenes and we taught new paramedics this, is you're going into chaos. Don't add to it. Right? When a paramedic or a firefighter shows up onto a, an emergency scene, they're supposed to be the ones that bring with them a calm in the moment to be able to see what needs to be done, take care of it, and get people to safety. Would everybody agree with that? Does it help if a policeman or a firefighter or a paramedic runs into a chaotic scene and starts screaming and yelling and freaking out? Anybody with me here? That is not going to help the situation. I was with some paramedics who did that. They found a new career. In our lives, as followers of Christ, we should step into a world of chaos and bring with us a peace that our King has given to us as a gift. That's something that's supposed to be a hallmark of our lives. Instead of getting all twizzed out about the political state of our country, we should be the ones that come into that moment and say, hey, God still knows what he's doing. 
He still sets every leader in place. I don't care who you voted for. He still has the, the hearts of people in our nation and our world still at the forefront. Why? Because he's God. He sees better and bigger than we do. And so we should be bringing calm to those conversations. Hello. Not adding fuel to the fire. Oh yeah, this Biden guy doesn't know at all what he's doing. That's easy. Anybody can do that. Any person can step into an emergency scene and go, ooh, that's bad. Are you guys with me this morning? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to show up on a car accident and go, ooh, they're hurt. Yeah, no kidding. But it takes somebody with a kingdom mindset to be able to step into that situation and go, oh, they're hurt, and here's how we're going to help them. Come on, church, you with me this morning? This is what the Prince of Peace brings to our life. It's the gift that he's given to you and I, that we can step into chaotic circumstances and bring some calm to those moments. Can I tell you right now in America, that is not what the church is known for. We love stirring the pot. We love trying to get our conservative views pushed out. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be involved in politics. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be a people that are actively involved in trying to bring righteousness into our country. But what I'm saying is, is we need to bring the ones that are bringing peace into that environment, not chaos. It's pretty quiet. All right, I'll move on. This is a reality that we deal with in the world that we're in today because the world around us is in chaos because sin has broke it. We live in a kingdom with a king who brings peace and he's the only one that can fix it. And you know how he's doing that? Through you and me. He's bringing the kingdom of God to the world, to your workplace, to your family, to the grocery store, to whatever place that you find yourself in. The kingdom of God is breaking through, through you as the people of God. And so we have an opportunity with our king who is the king of peace, the prince of peace, to be able to bring wholeness and health and life into all these spaces around us. But here's the problem. The world that surrounds us is trying to steal that on every front. It's trying to attack that space. If you don't believe me, just look at the news. It will fill you with fear in a heartbeat, even if you entered into that space of reading about the news with joy in your heart. It comes to steal, right? So we know the devil's MO for our lives is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he does. All day long, the kingdom of darkness is about trying to steal from you in your life. And one of the primary things it's trying to steal is your peace. It's trying to attack it. Let me give you a, a little picture of this and help you to understand why we already have the victory. So I, I already gave you the end of the story. We win. But I want to help you to see this morning why we have the victory and how you can process through that so you can abide in the peace that Jesus has for you. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. It's an incredible space in Scripture where we see Jesus uh, just got affirmed from the Father. He was baptized by John the Baptist in the river. The dove floats down on him. And here, here's what happens in this moment. The Father speaks from heaven, this declaration of affirmation. This is my son in whom I am well pleased, right? Incredible moment. I can't even imagine what that would have been like. Would have been cool. After that moment, here's what takes place. I want you to listen to the words that I speak here real quick. This is straight out of Luke chapter 4, it says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, so clarification for you, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and still face attack in your life. <laughs> in fact, 
You can be filled with the Holy Spirit, and I guarantee you, you'll face attack in your life. This is Jesus, the Son of God, filled with the Holy Spirit. And look what it goes to. It says, returns from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into a place of difficulty in his life? Everybody's like, I'm out of this sermon. That's it. I know where he's baiting me. I'm just reading scripture here. Jesus, the Son of God, was led by the Holy Spirit into a place of temptation in his life. Can I tell you what for? Your benefit. Because here's what took place in this moment. Jesus and the devil start having a conversation. And here's how this goes. I'm just going to read parts of this. It says, Jesus speaks, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. What's happening in that moment? Jesus' flesh is being tested right there. There's this warfare that's going on around Jesus' flesh. Why? Because him is hungry. He's been fasting for 40 days. For those of you that are going to jump into the 21 days of prayer and fasting for us, you can jump in and say, hey, I'm going to do three days of fasting, and by about hour three, you're starving. You think the world's going to come to an end. This is Jesus on day 40, and this is what he's going through in this process. He has an opportunity to take care of his flesh. He has an opportunity to feed his flesh in that moment, and here's, here's the reality of, of what takes place here. Jesus just simply says, no thanks. I'm not going to bite on that one. Then the devil comes back with another thing. He says, the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I Listen to this. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because you are mine to get, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you, here's the word, if you will worship me. This is the space of the devil trying to work in your life. To get you to give more credit to him than you do to God to get you to bow down to fear or whatever things that are processing inside of your life, whatever things that you're wrestling with, this is a space where the devil comes to you and says, I want you to worship me. This is what got him kicked out of heaven. Everybody's aware of that, right? This place of ego. And it's the devil. And I can tell you right now, he's knocking on your door. So your flesh is trying to steal your peace. The devil's trying to steal your peace. Look what Jesus had to deal with deal with next. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem, the highest point on the temple, and said, if you are the son of God, don't you just get so annoyed by the devil always asking bad questions, trying to get you to question God? Anybody remember another space that happened like the Garden of Eden? Did God really say, can I just tell you in your, this is one of the hallmark things for you. If you're wrestling through whether it's God's voice or not, if it's questioning God or anything about him and his character, his nature, if it's getting you to question the word of God, any of those kinds, can I just tell you where that's coming from? The devil. You don't need to be spirit-filled for that to be clear to you. You, you don't know to have a prophetic word from somebody to bring that to you. Like if it's getting you to question God, his character, or his word, can I just tell you right here and now, you can just write that one off. You know exactly where it's coming from. That's, what, that's what's happening with Jesus right here. Jesus is being tempted right here. Um, it says, if you are the son of God, then jump off. And this reality of what the devil was offering him in this place was authority in the world. 
Think about it. I will give you. I will give you. It's it's this thing that Jesus was processing through. Goes down to verse 12 and it says, Jesus responded to each one of these statements with what? Does anybody remember? Scripture says, many translations say, and this is my favorite, it is written. It is written. It is written. Many of us are not finding the victory against the enemy's warfare or attack on peace in our lives because we don't know the Scripture. This is not a condemning message. This is an invitation for you this morning. If you don't know the answers how to combat things in your life, there are sources for you to go to to have the resources to win those battles. Many Christians in America today, and I would just venture to say many of us in this room today, have not valued the Word of God to such a degree that it allows us to have victory over the enemy when he comes to us with lies. And so church, I want to challenge you and encourage you today, get in the Word of God. Yeah, but it's kind of boring sometimes, and I I don't really understand some of the things that are in there. I I don't either. It still works. I, I don't understand everything that's in it. It's still powerful. I don't understand the totality of it, but Jesus said, hey, if you'll use this to fight with, you'll win. And I don't know about you, but everything's coming to try and steal peace out of my life. And as I sit with you guys and the people that I'm doing life with, uh, the enemy, the world, the flesh, the devil is coming along to steal peace out of our lives. Here's, here's the funny part about the end of this little space here. Verse 13. When the devil, devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him, listen to these words, until the, until the next opportunity came. You guys are laughing. I can see it in your faces. When are you bringing the good news today? The good news is this. Jesus is with us. The Holy Spirit's in us. And you're going to face some trials in your life. In fact, so much so that the Scripture gave us clarity on this right here, that the devil wasn't even done with Jesus yet. Even though Jesus perfectly defeated him in all three of these spaces, the world, the flesh, And the devil, Jesus defeated him with the word of God in every one of those, but the devil wasn't done. He was still going to look for the next opportunity to tempt Jesus to lose his peace. He was looking for the next opportunity to get Jesus to bite on a lie. Can I tell you, there's nothing different about your life either. The devil's just looking for the next opportunity for you to buy into one of his lies because it'll steal your peace in a moment. It'll take your joy. It'll take the hope that you had inside of you. And many of us have been experiencing that in this season of time. We've been experiencing that in the journey of life that we're in. And this is why Advent this year, and as we're taking time to just dig into it a little bit, is giving us a place to plant our feet. There's another passage of Scripture that I'm not going to go to in James chapter 3. But I would encourage you to go there this week. James chapter 3, verse 13. And it talks about these same three spaces, the world, the flesh, and the devil in your life. And how the devil wants to come and steal. But here's what it says at the end of this space that helps us to understand this reality of the kingdom says. But the wisdom from God, and in verse 17, is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism. 
is always sincere, and listen to this, and those who are peacemakers, in other words, those who carry the culture of heaven, the rule of Jesus in their life, which brings peace, he already said that for us, says, will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. We will plant seeds of peace, and what will come from that is righteousness. Everybody clear on righteousness? Righteousness is simply right ways of living. It's God's way of living. So when we sow seeds of peace into our community, when we sow seeds of peace into our relationships, what you reap from that is right ways of living. God's righteousness being established in the spaces of our lives. Come on, it's an amazing gift from him. And this this gift is all brought to us through the work of the Holy Spirit in in us. This is what Jesus was speaking about in John 14, where he said, it's better for me to go away and for me to send the Holy Spirit so that you could experience the comfort that I have for you. Jesus called the Holy Spirit in your life and in mine, and we even witness it in his as the comforter. I want to share with you an illustration here real quick of what what a comforter is. And most of you would, would know what this is right here, right? What is this? It's a comforter. Thank you. It wasn't a trick question. This is actually a really special comforter. This is my son, Nations. And this is like his favorite thing in the world. He loves this comforter. When you go in and see him in the morning, this is completely wrapped around his body every day. Why? Because it provides a place of comfort and warmth and safety and protection for him. The funny thing is, it's just a blankie, right? How many of you had one of these in your life? <laughs> Nobody wants to raise their hand. I still have one. When God says to us, when Jesus spoke to us and said, hey, I'm leaving and I'm sending you a comforter here, he was sending you something that not only would cause you to, to have stability in your life, but something that would wrap around you and cover you and provide warmth and protection safety for you. Something that in the moments of your life where everything outside of this blankie could be cold and harsh, inside of it, you have some peace. So when we think about the Holy Spirit's work in our life, when we think about this gift of peace that God has given us, this is what he wants us to be reminded of that he's promised to us, the gift that he gave to us. Something that will wrap you up in the moments of your life and will provide a safe harbor for you to be in. Something that will give you a peace that just doesn't make any sense. Philippians 4 says this, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace. The peace that passes all understanding. And it will exceed anything that you could imagine. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So as you're walking through life and there's going to be the difficulty that surrounds you, God wants to remind you he gave you his Holy Spirit not only to live in you, but to surround you in this journey. To shield you from the brokenness of the world that we're in and to give you an opportunity to live in a peace that is very different than what our world tries to get us to believe. These are all great things, right? They're, they're good things for us to think about. 
Here's the reality of it. If na- nation never takes this comforter and actually uses it, wraps it around himself, then he gets no benefit from the comfort in his life. The beauty of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you and me. And in spite of our brokenness and in spite of our pleading, in spite of our whatever's going on in our life, the Holy Spirit is always near and with us. This is why as the people of God, we can live in peace in a world that's full of chaos. This Advent season, when we think about just all the things that are surrounding us in life and the challenges that maybe you and your family are facing, God wants to give you the gift of peace that would reside both on the inside of you and surround you so that you could walk through the chaos of what's going around, on around you in your life and world and be a beacon of hope to the people that don't even know what that feels like. I don't know about you, but I'm surrounded by people in my life who don't know the peace that comes from God. And my hope is that through my journey with them and my example to them, that they get to experience a little bit of this kingdom that has come to earth through the person of Jesus Christ. So when we talk about peace, we talk about living in a place of peace. We're talking about a culture that is a part of this kingdom that we are a part. So this kingdom come, this Jesus who came, this Jesus who died, this Jesus who rose again, has promised us this beautiful gift that we get to have every day of our life. And it's not something that we're looking down the road towards. It's something that we can abide in right now in these moments of our life. I don't know about you, but as I, as I think about the world that we're living in, out of all of the things that we could give to the people that are around us, how many of you think the gift of peace might be something that would be worthwhile? As you think about coworkers and family members, people that are wrestling through stuff, maybe there's some of you that are sitting here this morning going, man, I have not been tapping into the peace that's that's part of the kingdom that I'm a part of. Can I just tell you this morning, that all can change in a moment, where we just say, God, we want to live in your peace. Jesus, we receive. Remember, he said it's a gift that I give to you, a peace. The funny thing about gifts is they do you no good unless you receive them and open them. Jesus can want peace for you all he wants. But if we don't choose to receive the gift that he's given to us, then then even as his followers, we can be missing the peace that he has for us in our life because we're way more bought into the chaos that's around us. So this morning, here's what I want to do. I want to just take a moment. I'm going to pray over us as a church family. And I want to pray that you would experience the peace of the kingdom of God in your life, without a doubt. But really, my greatest prayer for you this morning is not only that you would experience it, but that you would extend it out through your life. That when people are around you, that they feel something different about the culture of your life. That they experience what what people felt when they walked around Jesus. This reality that this guy had a peace that wind and waves didn't rock him. That sickness and disease and people's brokenness around him didn't didn't mess him up. He just looked with eyes of compassion and love and extended the kingdom of God into their life. And can I tell you, Jesus has invited us into that same journey with him. That the culture and community that we live in can and should be impacted by the peace that resides in our lives. Will you join me in prayer this morning? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the Prince of Peace and that you fulfilled 
in every way, Lord, what we see in Scripture. And Lord, you declared to us that the rule of your kingdom would be that of peace and that we were called to be peacemakers with you. And Lord, I pray that that peace, Lord, that we read about today in Scripture, that completeness, the wholeness, Lord, of what you desire for our lives, God. Lord, that work of the Holy Spirit in us that develops the fruit of peace in us, Lord. Lord, today, Lord, we recognize that maybe we have not been living in the fullness of the peace that you purchased for us. And so, Lord, today we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come to fill our lives. Lord, to fill us to the place, Lord, in which there's overflow that comes out of us, Lord, that spills on those that are around us. Lord, if we've been anxious, God, or we've, we've been those, Lord, who have, who have looked and, and been afraid because of what we see around us, God, today we just yield that to you. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and be the peace that resides both in us and the comfort that surrounds us, Lord. And Lord, that we would be a people, that we would be ambassadors, God, of that peace, Lord, to the world that we're in. And Lord, we recognize that it's easy to come and hear teaching. It's a whole other thing, Lord, to come before you and apply, Lord, your word to our lives. And so, Lord, we just, Lord, we say that we, Lord, we're on the journey with you. Lord, we'll lean into the process of your Holy Spirit's work in us to develop a peace, Lord, that passes all understanding. That's so different, God, than what peace is described as in our world. And so, Lord, today we just invite you to come and do that work in us. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are the one who saves us, redeems us, heals us. Lord, you're the one that holds all of this in your hands, Lord, so therefore we can have peace because you are peace, Lord. Lord, we thank you for it. God, I pray today as we just... Spend time in discussion, Lord, as we're together and processing, Lord, this space of peace in our lives, Lord, that you would cause us, Lord, to step into new places of peace in you, Lord, where hope, Lord, resides, Lord, where peace, Lord, envelops us, Lord Jesus, where we see you more clearly active in our lives, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing, God, both in the Treasure Valley, God, here at River Valley, Lord, in our families and our friends, God, we are so grateful to see your hand, God, moving. And so, Lord, we ask today, Lord, that you would be glorified in it. And Lord, for any of those that are listening today, God, or in this room today, Lord, that have not made a decision for you, Jesus, I thank you that you simply just invite us to come and to put our faith in you, to confess you as our Lord, God, and to repent of our sin. And Lord, today, we just posture our heart in that way. Lord, even those of us that have maybe been a part of your family for some time, God, we posture our hearts in such a way to say, Jesus, we give you our whole life, all that we are. Jesus, would you be glorified in us? Lord, we thank you. Lord, we are so grateful for the wonder of who you are and your faithfulness to us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.